Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, noble warriors, brave adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. It is good to be back after a short hiatus over the holidays and the new year, and I have some things to say before we get into the episode. First, I want to say thanks to Garrison, who left us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you so much. I want to say thanks to Sam, who sent us a message on Instagram and left us a review on Stitcher. Thank you very much for that. Recently on Facebook, I asked a question. What topics do you want to hear in a D&D podcast that currently aren't being covered or aren't being covered enough? in a D&D podcast. Sort of wanting to branch out and do some more episodes besides the creating villains ones, although I will still obviously continue with those. But I just want to get an idea of what everybody else is sort of wanting to hear. Maybe it's a topic that is totally being glossed over. Uh, We had a couple responses so far, but I wanted to sort of put this into the intro so everyone could hear it if you're not on Facebook. So we've got some ideas, but if you have some ideas of your own, things that you want to hear discussed, shoot me a message on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram. I'm sure there will be a lot of fun stuff that we'll cover this year, and I'm really looking forward to some of the upcoming episodes in the campaign. Pretty soon we're really going to hit the stride of the campaign story, and I'm really excited to record the next behind-the-screen campaign planning episode, which I'm really going to try hard to get out next week. It's finally at the point where I think I really have to reveal, it's really necessary now to reveal the grand design of the campaign, the master plan, if you will. And if you're interested in discussing all the awesome spoilery details, you can join the Dungeon Master group on Facebook where we discuss all these things. Uh, This next behind-the-screen campaign planning episode may very well be the most important episode that I record for this podcast. One of the most, at least. Uh, As it will take a major step to fulfilling the reason why this podcast is different from all the other actual play podcasts that are out there. There's a lot of great, a lot, a lot of fantastic podcasts out there. And back at the very first episode of this podcast... I clumsily tried to explain how this podcast would set itself apart. And next week will be a big part of that goal. I think that's all I needed to say. I made a list of things that I wanted to talk about. I always end up forgetting something, but that's, I think, good enough for now. As always, if you want to support the podcast, you can tell your friends about it. That's the best way. Just say, hey, have you listened to this podcast? It's pretty good. You can leave us a rating or review somewhere, anywhere you like, or if you're just content to listen, that's okay too. And if you want to support the podcast in another way, you can uh, go and buy one of my reasonably priced ebooks. I have a fantasy trilogy right now, thingstimwrote.com slash books. You can go and check them out. Okay, this intro has gone on long enough. Time to rejoin our heroes. Let's rejoin Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna Whitehousing, Spruce Lee, in Gildob Fable's table. Okay, quick recap of last time. You guys escaped an Umberhulk. You encountered some Myconids, and they peacefully led you through their uh, mushroom colony. You got a little uh, tel- uh, telepathy mushroom for the road. 
you encountered a dragonborn who had lost his mind and gave you some foreboding warnings about wandering clouds of darkness in the ruins, and you saw the ruins. And they are messed up. They're so much more bizarre than your minds ever thought that architecture could be. It's like an M.C. Escher painting just right in front of you. And I had asked you to make a wisdom saving throw at the end of last session, so let's start with that. I got a 16. 16. Mm -hmm. Is it a saving throw? Oof. Mm, That's not good. That's a four. (laughs) Tim, is it a saving throw? Yes. At least I got a plus one. So five. 22. Ooh. Damn. Vanna is wise. Uh, Can Gilladob and Faye each roll some percentile dice? 77. 18? Okay. Right? Or is that 107? <laughs> I'm so it bad. It doesn't go over 100. It's a percentage. It's a percentage. <laughs> I told you I was so many, lacking in sleep. How many D10s did you roll? <laughs> okay. Uh, Gilladob is overcome with the urge to eat something peculiar like dirt or... Pika! Uh, pika, yeah. What was that? When you eat non-edible things. Yeah. It's a psychological disorder that that causes you to want to eat things that should not be eaten. Faye, you're paralyzed. Cool. Oh, Oh, jeez. Like, full-on paralyzed? Like, she just falls over? Yeah. Your mind retreats into itself. Sounds about right. Oh, that kind of... I'm thinking, like, insanity paralysis, where, like, she just crouches down to a little ball and rocks back and forth. (laughs) Like, that kind of paralysis. It's... So you guys, just to clarify, the four of you, I guess I'm low. Hang on, I'm going to roll for her. I forgot that she was with you. She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's the five of you were not caught in one of these black clouds. This was as a result of just seeing the ruins in front of you. Psychological impact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. I was sheltered for a lot of my life, so that makes sense. So the the five of you are sort of at the top of a of a rocky uh, slope leading down towards this. Did I roll down it when I became paralyzed? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to have I rolled down it. I pictured myself going like rigid and just <laughs> just face sliding yeah. right down. <laughs> this is a this is a Looney Tunes <laughs> session. <laughs> You're just head over heel, just stiff as a board all the way down. (laughs) A little puff of smoke at the bottom when you hit it. So yeah, you're at the top of this rocky slope that goes down, you know, 30, 40 feet to the ground, where you'd be on ground level, uh, but you would have to sort of pick your way down sort of carefully. It's not a sheer drop-off, but it's tough going. Any reactions to phase paralysis or Gilladop looking for a handful of whatever to eat? I was thinking about that, but gets into some dangerous territory. So I'm more thinking he just like, it's like a nervousness and he starts picking at some loose fibers or like mm-hmm. little cotton wadding in his armor and just kind of like chews <laughs> on it. I think definitely a lot of confusion all of a sudden, especially yeah. if like to, would Spruce know that, that um, something had like an effect that that didn't seem to affect him as strongly. Like, would I be? Would he be able to feel that? Yeah, I think uh, everyone in the group sort of felt this overwhelming 
unease just at, at, at what you're seeing. You know, everybody felt this almost overpowering sense of of confusion and dread, but three of you were able to mm-hmm. sort of keep your wits together. Uh, does anybody have like a way to counteract paralysis? I don't know how Not to do that. Not unless I can shoot at paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't think I do. No. <laughs> I don't mind stabbing at you anyways and seeing if it works. We'll find out. After about five minutes, Faye, you come back to your senses. Giladab, you stop eating your cloak. Dead man's cloak. So you can see... Sorry, Vanna, you can see a set of footprints. Tracks leading down this rocky embankment. They are similar to the tracks that you had uh, seen earlier. They look like the ones that the Myconid showed you when you were all under that awesome spore trip. So these things are heading down the embankment towards the, the ruins. I'll tell the rest of the group so they know that. I forget what these tracks were. I do too. Did we identify them <laughs> when the... The communication you got from the Myconids came across as Metal Man. Oh, right. Elwyn told us about the um, that prototype Iron Guardian. Would we be able to kind of recognize these tracks as being from that? Yeah, control? I just don't think it would be that because this track has been going one direction deeper. Mm. They're pretty much the same path we've been going, yeah. where that prototype would be there already. Yeah, probably doing like a perimeter or something. Yeah. The prototype also is larger than the normal um, ones that walk around the city, so you're pretty sure this wouldn't be that. Yeah, what size? Like, how big are these tracks for a sense of scale? Like foot-sized? Oh, like normal, norm, regular, regular, regular foot. Humanoid foot size. Okay. Can we do like a nature check or something to see if if any of us can identify them? Or what would be making the, these tracks? Um, did any of us do that when we saw them before? I can't remember. I would say uh, if you want to make a perception check or an investigation check to try to get a little bit more information from these. Right, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a perception check. 16. To you, they look like like armored, like a reinforced boot. Somebody, Somebody wearing armor, yeah. Um, I think I'll try and use like myself and my bat to um, see if I can get an idea of the way the tracks are going. So send the bat out a little further to see if uh, I can get the general direction. So the tracks, if you send the bat out sort of just following the tracks that you can see in front of you, uh, they follow a more direct path, sort of almost a straight shot into the ruins. As you look through the eyes of the bat, you can see it's... um, it would be a not a clear path. There's like um, semi-collapsed buildings and facades that have sort of dispensed their rubble sort of into this what may have been a thoroughfare at one point, but it's sort of just a s- straight shot from where you are almost. Your bat also does see that there may be other paths through the ruins that are less, like with fewer obstacles, mm-hmm. but that's a longer way around. So I guess Gilladob kind of says, okay, well, uh, these footprints keep going. Kind of makes me nervous. On the one hand, this guy's been traveling generally the same path as us and doesn't seem to... We've faced a number of troubles and delays, but he continues on, or it continues on. 
So it might be taking a smart path, but we've also seen that this kind of dark fog like moves and shifts. So it doesn't mean that the path will be clear from that if we choose to take it. You might still have to like deviate to avoid uh, this evil misty stuff. I'm going to ask Lilith if she recognizes the tracks at all because um, I'm just curious if it was maybe one of someone that was part of that group of dragonborn that we ran into before that she knew. Oh, I guess specifically we could ask, like, were you working for anyone who tends to wear a giant full set of armor? Yeah. Or was that the group that we ran into, was there one person short <laughs> that you didn't notice? She says that none of the previous dragonborn that she led were wearing heavy armor. Uh, everybody was sort of lightly armored to sort of keep quiet as they as they went through. Uh, she also says that she's never been this close to the ruins before herself. She usually leads people to up to a certain point where they can find them themselves, and, and then she just sort of hangs back. Well, I'm just going to keep my bat kind of active for any noises it might pick up. Just uh, for, uh, I don't know if this would be kind of passive perception or, or wisdom on, on my part or something, kind of prior to all this happening, before we went down, we had heard news that Shigar so- Stoneskin had gone missing, right? Mm-hmm. He was being hunted, was, was wanted. Um, I knew him because I was part of the Warriors Alliance. Would I know if he wore any kind of armor like that? He was a warrior, right? Is this something that maybe he might be? Like, is that something he would normally have worn? That I would be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I might convey that to the group. I, it's it's all kind of, you know, speculation, but we haven't heard from him. We haven't seen him. We knew he disappeared. It's the kind of, I can't imagine why he would be doing this, uh, because I don't think he had any contact with Elwyn beforehand. At least, I don't know. We never really asked Elwyn about that, I guess, but... Mm-hmm. Um, And they have been solo tracks, like it's not with a group. Mm -hmm. Could be. He was close with Kalira, right? So it could be him trying, (laughs) I don't know, looking for her or something. But uh, yeah. Well, how do we feel? Like this very unknown city, do we follow the tracks for now? Or do we look for other ways? I don't know. I think my gut says... I wouldn't necessarily want to follow them, maybe like directly, like walking directly into this person, but maybe be follow the general direction, but try and be a bit stealthy. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Kind of go parallel to it, like yeah. Especially yeah. yeah, especially if you can keep checking with your bat, mm-hmm. kind of make sure we're still on track. Because if the, if it ends up being someone who's like a some kind of a rogue or a thief or something, probably someone who would know when they're being tracked and would circle around and end up. <laughs> behind us and that could put us in a interesting position I guess but, mm-hmm. but probably worth checking at least alright so let's start following the tracks I guess mostly yeah. Clo- okay. not too close but kind of close if I will kind of prepare a torch like I'll have one at the ready if there's any noticeable like segments to it like if we see it straight for a while then I can kind of send the bat out until it might take a turn or something and then we can catch up to that point. And that way I can stop and close my eyes and you'll see with the bat ahead for a little bit and take it in slow chunks. So figure slow and safe is the way to go. Also, we... Elwyn didn't really give us any kind of indication as to where these pillars would be, right? Or did he? He had said that there... He thought there would be 
sort of an obvious um, path that you would be able to follow, but it seems maybe that a lot of stuff has shifted down here that, you know, in the time that he, since he's been down. Well, then I guess also just kind of keeping our eyes open at the same time for anything that looks like it might be an area where pillars might ascend from the ground. <laughs> uh, here's here's sort of, I, I think, the choice that you'll have to make as as players is that the the closer you f- follow these tracks, um, like the the area around it is very heavy with rubble and partially collapsed buildings. So going close to the tracks uh, has a risk of disturbing the rubble. If you go like further around to find a clear path, which is possible, you could proceed in on a clearer path. Uh, but the you know your characters would know that the longer you stay down here, the less good it is for you. So it's kind of a risk balance, however you want to approach it. Is the consensus still to generally stick closer to the tracks? I think so. Yeah, I feel very untrusting of the safe path for whatever reason. <laughs> I'd like for everyone to make a dexterity stealth check. And this is sort of your ability to carefully navigate through the rubble here. I rolled a 20. Not natural. I wish. <laughs> Got a 17. 16. 14. Every single one you passed. I don't believe it. Nice. Oh, very nice. Very nice. You sounded frustrated. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Good job, guys. (laughs) Okay, so you follow the tracks to where they end, and it's it's sort of this dead end um, where these buildings have sort of collapsed into each other, but there's also this oblong structure settled haphazardly amid the ruins it looks like it may have been maybe a tower or a spire that that tipped over you can't really tell for sure it's very peculiar like everything down here but where the tracks end like you you sort of look up to where this structure has settled horizontally and you see sort of this round opening into this structure and it's about 15 feet above your head is the stone, like it's a stone kind of material, this thing that's like leaned over, or? Just make a perception check with, uh, yeah, just a perception check. Eleven? It doesn't seem to be the same kind of, like, it looks like it might be stone, it doesn't look like the same sort of material as the rest of the rubble. I'm gonna send my little bat up to the hole. The bat emerges into this small-ish, well... He emerges into a, a dark chamber. It looks like there's some refuse strewn about, and there's a door, that uh, a doorway that appears to be closed with a door. So Gildob's like, well, it goes somewhere. There's an actual, like, door inside of it. Other than that, I can't tell much. You said we're at a dead end, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean up seems to be the way to go (laughs) so how do we do it though 15 feet up your jump distance that would be horizontal jump distance right not vertical i have no idea what my vertical jump distance is wood elves can't jump (laughs) (laughs) and it will just toss gilly up and jumping see under movement god damn it (laughs) every time (laughs) every time 
Yeah, we'll just get Gilly as close as we can up on top of my shoulders and I'll toss him in the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just tell us what's in there. Nobody tosses a dwarf. Oh, you're a gnome. Never mind. Yeah, people toss gnomes. <laughs> people gnome toss and all the time. I'm not happy about it, but. We're maturing. There's so much talk of holes and no gross jokes. I'm impressed. <laughs> No opportunities. No one's talking about putting their ten foot pole into a hole this time. So. Not yet. <laughs> when you make a high jump, you leap into the air a number of feet equal to three plus your strength modifier if you move at least ten feet on foot immediately before the jump. Oh, when you make a standing high jump, you can jump only half that distance. So what's your strength modifier? Two. So plus two. So five can, feet. So you can jump two and a half feet straight up. Yeah, but if I get a running jump. There's nothing behind us, right? If I can get a 10-foot running jump, it says. <laughs> but it says when you make a, a standing high jump, so you'd be, you'd just be like going, because like it, running straight and then jumping up, I don't think would, would It's like when you, you try to when slam dunk. Jump. Oh, okay, <laughs> like sure. All right, so three. <laughs> picturing somebody trying to jump up into something and just standing in place. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, like run that and jump and try and yeah. grab the other something. Springs. Right. So it would be five, so five feet. Is that like five feet, like my feet are five feet off the ground? Yeah. yeah. And then if I'm like six feet tall. <laughs> still coming up a few feet still, short. Okay, so I'm going to cast a key point and use Step of the Wind. Ooh. My jump distance is now doubled. So now I can jump 10 feet off the ground, Ooh. bitches. <laughs> That's not 15 feet, though. No, but I'm six feet tall, so my hands should be able to grab the ledge. All right. And then pull myself up. Very good. Very good. Um, so I'm going to do that, and then I've got rope on me, so I'll... Is there anywhere I can anchor a rope? Does it look like? Or am I just going to hold it? Does he automatically succeed on this jump? Well, I mean, it's just a matter of, of math, right? It's just a matter of him. I mean, I'll do a check. I could do like an athletics check if you want, but in theory, I could just keep doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to like tire. I just didn't know because it was into a hole, which it would, to me would involve some sort of athletics or dexterity or... That's fine. Maybe on the pulling himself up part. All right. Well, if I do an I athletics check, yeah. I just roll the 19. So, I'm satisfied. He doesn't. <laughs> he looks pretty good, dude. <laughs> so I'll I'll let down a rope. If there's somewhere I can anchor it, I'll anchor it. Otherwise, we'll just tie it around my waist and kind of stand back, and I'll tell these guys to climb it. All right. So as you pull yourself up into this um, room, make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kid. So you see, you know this uh, this space here. There's this closed doorway. There's a lot of looks like old, like there's some old cloth, some discarded, like really old rust covered, dust covered weapons, some abandoned satchels, like stuff that's been here. You can't tell for how long. Half of it's just like decayed fabrics. Mm. Um, but yeah, you tie off the rope around yourself, and everybody comes up. Do these tracks continue? Is there like dust settled that the tracks continue through? In here, they do continue through the tracks, yeah. Yes. Do mm. they go through that doorway? Yes. All right. I open the doorway. Just Faye's gonna, just going to shove that door open? Are we already up? Yeah, he put a rope down. Oh, I didn't know if we had to. Okay. That was so fast. Okay. I thought I was still on the ground. Name of your sex tape. That was yeah. so fast. <laughs> uh, you know, now that we're level five, we've gotten pretty good at climbing ropes. Slang for something? Climbing <laughs> <laughs> rope. Does Spruce fart on anyone as they come to the walls? <laughs> like, you just imagine that you're like standing directly over like one foot on either side of the hall. Just like, 
Gilly's coming up last, and I just teabag him on the way. Out. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you said we got mature, right? <laughs> yeah, I take it back. <laughs> gotta knock it down a peg. No one's made any jokes but the hole. I'm teabagging him. <laughs> <laughs> but do you bust through the door? Yeah. Okay. Back to that. This spire or whatever tower thing had fallen over, but the door was level. Yeah, the door was level. So it's like this was made into the rubble afterwards. You can't tell if it was built in its current spot. This next room in front of you, there's sort of this just long straight corridor with nothing on either side. There looks like a number of of uh, cells that have no doors on them. You see some scattered bones. And in the middle, you see... Oh, sorry. Yeah, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> It definitely makes me nervous, and Gilladab would be like, uh, you know, I think we should be cautious about traps going on from here. It seems like someone's been using this maybe as a shelter mm-hmm. or, or something, so we should be on guard. So this hallway, kind of to piggyback on what Faye is talking about there, is it like, it looks like it's meant to be in this? Um, yes. And do the tracks just basically, can we, can we still see the tracks? Yeah, you still see the tracks at the other end of this hall. There's another door just like the one that you just came through. It's partially closed, partially open. Depends on your viewpoint of life. <laughs> so it's a jar. It's a door. <laughs> what are we, are we like nervously, can we do a perception check? See if there's any, if we can perceive any traps. 21. 21. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Spruce and Gildab are pretty sure that there's no traps on this other door. And the bones are just regular old bones? Humanoid? Yeah, you find enough that you're like, well, this is was a humanoid creature of some variety. You can't tell if it was elf or human or something else. They're pretty old. Is there anything in any of these <clears throat> cells? You said they're cells, right? Just using that same perception check of yours. Aside from the bones, it looks like there may have been some kind of restraining mechanism, but it's not like the normal chain and manacles that Spruce is used to in his off time. So uh, you go through the other door? Yeah, I guess so. So this next area, there's no other door that you see once you're through. There are a number of metallic slabs that are sort of propped up diagonally. Uh, and then there's a num- there's another hole in the ceiling about five feet oh, over top. This circle in the ceiling is like just like the one that you came through. So these circles that were, do they seem like like they're not just busted into rock like they're they seem like they're meant to be there yeah oh. can I check out these metal slabs what's up with them uh okay make an investigation check five <laughs> Gilladab would also be curious about it maybe even take his little rock hammer and like do a little tap see if it makes like a noise yeah I only got six so I guess I'll investigate the metal things too why not I and mean, we're here not any better, really. Uh, eight. I'll do it, too, just because everyone else was. <laughs> I see them all looking at them. I'm like, oh, You guys yeah. are funking it hard. Because I should look at these metal things, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you want me to actually tell you? It's bad. Please tell me. Uh, that is a total of three, four, five. It's a real race for the bottom here. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go up the hole first? There's nothing else in this room. Just these metal slabs and then the hole. That's it. Is there anything like under the metal slabs? You said they're kind of leaned against the wall, right? Yeah. 
yeah, well, there's some kind of assembly or housing that, that is securing these labs to the floor. So you can't just, like, see underneath them. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. You could just, like, look behind them and stuff. So it's just leaned up with, like, a gap. Like a post or something hmm. that they're secured to, just secured to the floor. Um, secured to the floor. So only secured on that bottom edge, and then they're, like, leaning against the wall. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them are at different angles. They're not all perfectly at mm-hmm. the same angle. I mean, there were cells before. You think they'd be, like, torture slabs? <laughs> there was also weird restraints, like, not your typical restraints. So this whole <laughs> thing is spooky. Yeah, how big are they? Big enough to lay a human-sized person on? Yeah, yeah very apt. Very yeah. astute. Up the hole. <laughs> you sure you don't want to lay down? Let's not play with these slabs. These slabs seem dangerous. All right, who wants to go up first? Toss me up. I do so. All right. So you emerge into this, you know, similar similar space. Like as you sort of look around, you see a few things. Uh, there are a number of rows of metal cylinders that go from the floor up to. I don't know, height, maybe about seven or eight feet. So there's a few rows of these, maybe totaling about like 30. And then beyond that, you can see a more of an open area with a larger pillar beyond that. But there's no there's no doors like it's almost like you can see a straight shot from one end of this structure to the front or where where you may have come in from the bottom. Right. So like the entire length of this is is open Hmm. at the front right end is looks like a like a non-intentional hole, like a broken part where you'd be able to get out and down. So it's just a whole bunch of these cylinders. Are they hollow cylinders then? Like They seem pretty solid. They are covered in these like small indentations and nodes just all over the place. And then the little um, markings or whatever you call them, does it, does it look like some sort of language? Is it like design, or does it seem more like it's intentional with some sort of pattern to it? I think if you're going to try to find like some kind of pattern or something like that, I'll let you make either perception or or investigation. That's bad. It was a nine. Uh, well, for what it's worth, you can see some patterns repeat here and there. So I mean, it's definitely you can't tell if it's like decoration or art or language. Yeah. But you can tell, you can see repetition. I have a spell called Comprehend Languages, and it comprehends any written language. Yeah, for the duration, which is one hour, you just must be touching, you You understand any lit, any literal meaning of any spoken language you hear. You also understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was kind of going to ask if someone had that Our spell. Our DM looks very displeased that I have this spell. <laughs> I mean, I guess you would see me trying to figure it out, looking at it and humming and hawing, be like, oh, it's not this. It's not Underdark. It's not Gnomish. It's not Ancient Gnomish. Hmm. Alright, so I guess we're all up the hole now. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I'm trying to think how best to describe these to Faye and her gentle sensibilities. You get readings off of these. These seem to be like encyclopedic writings about certain races. Uh, it's in a very 
odd vernacular that is difficult to, to comprehend even with the spell, but you're getting that you might be in the middle of a library right now. And these, each pillar seems, to, each few pillars seems to be like a storehouse of information about certain races and their biological strengths and weaknesses, things like that. So that's, I could maybe gather that that's what the slabs are for, for testing and the weird manacles that they've been testing on different races and chronicling this on their pole library? Yes. You think that's exactly what's been going on. Do you have inspiration right now? No. Give yourself inspiration. Does it seem like it was done sadistically or scientifically? I mean, to you it would be super sadistic, but it's... I think it's written from a place of a lot of the time sort of detachment. Uh, sometime uh, with this sort of arrogance. I mean, I'll say this as, the, as sort of the final bit of information. They do seem very interested on how far they can push each typical subject to the point where it will sort of... where they, oh shit, How do I phrase this? Again, this, this dialect is very peculiar, but you're getting the idea that there's talk of, like, recruitment. Can we still see the tracks heading out that, uh... Sure can. Well, I mean, if we've gotten all the information that we can from these things, then I guess we follow the tracks. Alright, so I guess we go out then. Follow the tracks. Is this, like, to go out this hole now, is it like a... Is it a drop? Because it leads out of the building, you said? Basically, it's a wall that goes outside. Is this going to be, like, a, a big drop? We did go up a couple levels. It is a bit of a drop, about 30 feet down. So maybe drop a rope down first, let everyone kind of climb down the rope. All right, so I'll let everyone else get down safely with the rope, and then I'll try and climb it down. Do you have uh, something that allows you to, like, slow fall or whatever? Yeah, but I have to use a key point for that. Uh, Tell me if I actually fall. Oh, wait, no, I don't. It's just a reaction. Oh, shit. All right, I just jump. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're basically tying yourself, like, you're the anchor, and then... Yeah, everyone else can go down, and then I'm going to hop down, try to slide down the wall as best I can or something, and then... Or is it like the... You know, when people do that shoulder roll? Yeah, parkour. Yeah, parkour. I I parkour off the... I would actually do a backflip out, and then I roll when I land. I can reduce the damage I take by up to 25. Ooh. So it's, it's a maximum of 24. Or sorry, a maximum of 18, you said. It's a D6 per 10 feet. So Yeah, okay, so let's not bother then. Okay. Cool. So finally get to use my monk skills here. Slow fall and step of the wind. As you continue on, follow the tracks. They're slowly becoming more faint. And as you continue on, there's a fog that settles over the ruins or drifts in in front of you and as you continue to follow the tracks it becomes more and more difficult in this fog this is a normal fog yes yeah normal fog okay that's normal for this place i guess yeah it's not the dark fog the black fog right no no okay not that to the point where the tracks basically just disappear or anything or at least we can't really see them well yeah, so you could try to continue to follow them at the risk of potentially being lost mm-hmm. or getting, like, temporarily losing your way. Or you could try another approach. Up to you. At least if we're out in the open um, and it gets to that point, then I'll send the bat up to kind of scout and see if I can see any, I don't know, noticeable features. 
guess. Yeah, can the bat get like above the fog? Yes, it can. Yeah, there are some like amidst the ruins, there are still some spires and half towers that stand out, so the bat can get above the fog. I don't, I'm not even sure exactly what we're looking for. There would be like a likely area to find these pillars that mm-hmm. are like they wouldn't be visible. They're supposed to like come up from the ground or something. Yeah. So that's why I figure it would be s- some sort of clearing at least. Okay, so now we walked through a bit. We are inside. So as we come up and I send my bat out, where are we in terms of like the overall group of structures? Is it like a city? Is it fair calling city? Yeah. So, like, yeah, how far have we gone in? Are we still around the perimeter? Are we getting closer to the middle? Or uh, You've gone in. You had been walking about 30 minutes or so before you got to the structure that you just left. Hmm. So if I don't see anything that, like, stands out, then maybe just to have a general bearing where I know which way is, like, deeper into the middle of the city. Sure, Yeah. You can you can get that from the bat, sure. Make a perception check with advantage. You got eyes in the sky. I rolled a one and a two. Okay, so I'll just stumble blindly through the fog. <laughs> or is it like, oh, it's this way, and I'm totally wrong? <laughs> the bat's just hovering a foot above your head. Trying to make your way through the, the fog and this really peculiar environment proves very difficult. And the group becomes disoriented and... You think you lose the tracks periodically. You manage to find them again, but you you don't see an encroaching darkness. Uh, everybody can make a wisdom, another wisdom saving throw, please. Spruce got an 18. 19. 9. <laughs> 10. Once again, Giladob and Faye aren't handling this so well, so you're each going to take four points of psychic damage. And I need you to roll percentile dice again. I worry more when I see a lot of numbers than I have. 87. 67. Faye, you're starting to see hallucinations. And Giladov feels the urge to attack the nearest individual. You can roll randomly if you want. Yeah, I'm But you're, roll. you're not holding a dagger, so I don't know if you... <laughs> Just if... suck someone right in the junk. <laughs> <laughs> probably the guy who teabagged you earlier. <laughs> yeah, I would want to roll random because we never established uh, mm-hmm. like our order. Or yeah, why, like roll a d4. I don't know if it'll be Lilith. Okay. Well, what's the so one, one, two, two three. three? Yeah. Okay. Two. I had a feeling. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a oh, punch. Just, yeah, just an improvised. You want to roll and attack? Uh, yeah, I guess it'd be an improvised attack. <laughs> oh, now, of course. <laughs> you rolled natural 20, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Oh! <laughs> Nat <did> 20! I'm <laughs> 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 attacking your friends. Been rolling ones and twos oh. all day. Uh. <laughs> so I hit. Yeah. Real good. <laughs> I feel like giving you inspiration, spite inspiration for that. Yeah, I'm rolling a d4 for damage. Max damage! Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I rolled a 4 on the damage. So it, do I add modifiers to the damage? 
uh, your strength modifier if you have that. Negative one. <laughs> nice. Faye, you're going to take seven points of damage. Nothing. Sorry, Vanna. Well, and I'm not sure what my, my continued behavior is like. For, this was just like a momentary... Rage? Yeah. And you I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> am I momentarily hallucinating or continuously hallucinating? No, you're still in it. Nice. Tripping hard. Cool. Uh, okay, so you you endure that, you get through the fog, you get back on track, on the tracks. After walking for another uh, five minutes, five, ten minutes, Faye, you stop hallucinating. You keep going and you arrive at a long, open path which is closed in on both sides by stone and rubble of partially collapsed buildings. About halfway down the path, about 100 feet away, so the total length is about 200 feet, is what at first appears to be a statue. But you soon recognize the telltale characteristics of one of Elwyn's constructs. The Iron Titan prototype stands motionless facing the path which you were about to traverse. So you can, if you want, you can try to sneak by it or find a different path. Any sign of these these tracks, or have we completely lost them at this point? The tracks go straight down. You can also see, looking up, that this Iron Titan, you can see its tracks. It had walked there and sort of took up a post. I don't know if paths without a trace or something would help us here. Mm. Could use that, yeah. Definitely like the idea of trying to climb up and... Uh... From the bat's perspective, are the rooftops, like, flat and clear? Like, would, would we be able to travel down them? Or would it be interrupted as if we did that? They're, they're not perfectly flat. It's very, very uneven, but they've sort of, over time, collapsed into each other enough that they're traversable. Did you say how high up they are, like, in relation to where we are now? They go up a ways, like, about 60 feet off the ground. Sometimes they go up a bit higher. Yeah, I mean, I'd be good with, like, yeah, using Pass Without Trace and trying to... Oh, yeah, I don't actually have that. I feel like someone might have I do. that spell. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of too many other options. It's not like I really want to fight this thing at all. No. <laughs> Even if it found us, I think running is probably smarter. But it does mean that we're close, if not, like, right there. That's true, Yeah. I guess it's worth at least looking to see if there's, like, what where's the most convenient place to try and climb up? Or potentially, like, would there be a building that we could actually, like, enter into to try and, like, get up to the roof level? There really wouldn't be any problem with getting up to the top because there's been so much collapse over time. So it would basically be climbing slabs of stone and rubble. You down to try that out? Okay. So you're going to get high, and Vanna, you're using Pass Without Trace. I sure am. Okay. Everybody make a stealth check. God. Is that plus 10? Plus 10? Oh, no, I rolled a 2. 40. (laughs) What? Well, I rolled a 20, and then I add 10, and then... Holy shit. And another 10. So I got a 40 stealth check. You you rolled a natural 20? Yep. Oh, my God. Speaking of succeeding with a roll, I rolled a 1. I got 18. I got 32. For the record, Lilith got um, 30, yeah. As you attain height on top of these ruins, you can see at the end of this long path that there is a, what looks to be a footbridge over 
a shallow chasm of some kind. And there are some destructed walls and partially collapsed walls facing you. And there is a sort of a plateau in this flat open area with, uh, with sort of this higher ground on the north side with a, this statue leaning over, over this flat ground. But you were saying keeping an eye out for something conspicuous. So this plateau, flat open area, definitely jumps out at you. And there's a spot in the middle where there looks like there may have been some kind of protective structure that has since collapsed, like right in the middle. So it's almost like foundations around there. And you see this as you hear this metallic creaking as the Iron Titan lurches into motion. And you can see that it glows with this sort of blue magical energy. As it begins to move its limbs, it creaks and groans with this, just the sheer age of it. And there is a sort of this, almost like an aperture on its chest. And there is sort of this seam where these two huge pieces of of metal for its torso come together. But as it moves, it's it's slightly comes apart and you can see that there's some kind of power source underneath but as it spots Faye it begins to glow and is going to unleash a small lightning bolt from its aperture. So Faye can you make a dexterity saving throw? 22. So you take half damage, so you take five points of lightning damage. Okay, and this thing is active. What are you going to do? So, I mean it shoot, shoots a lightning bolt at Faye. Do we have the sense that that's caused it to spot all of us, or do our self-checks still hold to some degree? I will give it a perception check, but I think the only person who may be able to even spot would, would be Vanna, who got an 18. You're pretty sure it doesn't spot you, Giladab, and it also doesn't seem to be looking at Spruce or what's-her-face. Thank you, Lilith. Hmm. But it does seem to take a particular interest in Vanna as well. Okay, so this, this kind of... Um plateau that we're on you said it seems kind of conspicuous this this we're is something that you saw yet. like at oh, the end of this at the passage end. yeah so oh, you guys okay. had made it like halfway down so uh, you're about 100 feet away from it right now and if i got this description right it was like you, you talked about a walk path with like some sort of shallow ravine-ish thing mm-hmm. and then walls and then the plateau the walls uh like the the footpath goes right onto this plateau where there are these sort of two wall segments and then there's this open area and then sort of this sort of a higher ground mm-hmm. beyond that with sort of a sheer face that goes up uh, about uh, 40 feet. In the footbridge crossing this gap or whatever, what's that sizing like compared to this uh, giant thing? Like, could it walk across it or is it more us-sized? It could walk across it. Okay. Yeah. And the uh, footbridge, is it stone or is it like a rope and wood kind of thing? Oh, it's it's stone. Okay. Yeah. So the footbridge, that's on the same level as this the Guardian? Yeah. And we're ab- above that? Yeah. Okay. So the Guardian saw Faye, shot a lightning bolt at her, so aimed upwards because it's still down below us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do we just kind of try to press on, or do we... I am kind of tempted to, like, run and yeah. and gain as much ground forward as possible. To just try and get behind it? 
and then I mean, even if we have to engage it, I don't really want to engage it this far away mm-hmm. from where we're going and be like separated from it. I'd at least rather be with like our backs to where we're going so that like right. if we have to engage it, we can kind of slowly be retreating to the plateau because then we have to get down too. So I'm kind of thinking like thinking I still have cover and I've been pretty stealthy to try and make as much distance as I can to the end in as short a period of time as I have so that then I can get down from the buildings while not currently under attack and then maybe like also then shoot arrows and distract it or something Mm -hmm. like that because we're not all that close to it even right now right like by running eventually I'm going to be getting closer to it for a bit before I can even then get further away right when it noticed you you were kind of right in front of it so if you take off now you're just getting further from it okay that's good to know i guess another question in terms of perception does it have eyes there's there is some kind of aperture for eyes so gildav won't just run right away i will use my mage hand and my vial of acid that i have on me and try to have the best possible chance to get that vial of acid into its eye hole and then i'm gonna run (laughs) all right sure you get this you get this vial of acid just jam it in one of the eye holes yeah run like the wind uh lilith is going to follow your lead and she's going to use her innate spell casting and drop darkness in the main path what's everybody else doing we run run guys for the love of god it might have for the love of tiamat (laughs) run (laughs) 